when you discover your deepest desire, it's so joyful and empowering that you feel your soul sizzling. I know that sounds weird, but it's the best way I can describe it. You are no longer praying to the divine. You are praying in the divine because you've entered into a relationship with the mind of God. I'm Nina Hielenda, Franciscan sister, spiritual director, and founder of Dancing Spirit Tours. It wasn't that long ago that I lacked the self-awareness and inner freedom to focus on growing my relationship with God. Fast forward past a lot of suffering and lessons learned, now I have a spirituality that gives me more joy, meaning, and connection than I ever thought possible. I created the Holy Rebels podcast to give you simple, actionable strategies to help you trust your gut, develop your intuition, and stay grounded when life gets hard. If you're a spiritual seeker or a mystic in the making, you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. In the last episode, we discussed the metaphysics of prayer and the basics of how prayer actually works. So if you missed that episode, you might like to go back and listen to it first before you listen to this one, because this is part two. In this episode, we're discussing why it seems like some prayers go unanswered and what to do if you find yourself in this situation. Now, because my background is in mystical theology and the Catholic tradition, I'm framing this conversation using the terminology of Franciscanism, Ignatian spirituality, and Carmelite spirituality. But I'm also going to weave in other religious terminology, because I know that some of you might find that more relatable. The journey that our souls take, that is, the way you mature as a human being throughout your life is universal. It's at the core of what makes us human. This goes way deeper than any religion. This is the mystical journey of returning to the oneness from which you came, hopefully during this lifetime while you're still alive. So we're not talking about the afterlife here. The human journey of the soul is about peeling back the veil and exposing the real. You discover who you truly are and what you have to offer this world. You see the plan from a bird's eye view. And in moments when you feel challenged, you're able to recall this wisdom and act accordingly. You learn that the events and the activities in your life are merely the result of causes that you have created in the past. You are continually, through your habits and by your thinking and your activities, you are continually creating causes for your own future. And the more you become aware of that, the more prayer becomes a lifeline that keeps you connected to your inner compass, where your truth resides, where you can hear what God is telling you to do, where you can reflect on what is right and what is wrong. So prayer, it strengthens your stamina, your resilience, and your ability to stay connected with God during hard times that tempt you away from your true essence, 
through fear, through anger, jealousy, insecurity, whatever it is that pulls you off course. So today we're talking about the mystical tradition, and your relationship with God in this tradition can be really categorized into three streams and seven layers or depths. Now each layer goes deeper and deeper into your own soul where God resides. And each of these seven layers is characterized by a type of prayer. It's like each layer of depth has its own native language of prayer. You can't have a conversation with God at a certain layer unless you're fluent in that language. Now, I don't want you to worry today about what these categories are, the three streams and the seven layers. We'll get into that in future episodes. When you sit down to pray, you want to be the most authentic version of yourself. When you can witness yourself in this soft and humble, vulnerable state, it really helps you develop self-compassion. And a relationship with yourself, guarded by the watchful eye of God, is what will lead you to discover the treasures of who you are and your deepest desires. This is why prayer is so precious, because it's actually safe for you to be completely yourself. It takes a certain amount of spiritual maturity to let go of fear and judgment and to fully unwind. So let me ask you this. When you sit down to pray, who are you praying to? What is your concept of the God who is listening to your prayers? For most people, God is like a parent who sometimes rewards us for good behavior and punishes us for bad behavior. But that's an oversimplification, isn't it? As we discussed in the last episode, the divine is so much more than a personified being. God is causality. What does that mean? It means that God is the life force that animates everything in the universe. God is not a person. It's not an entity or a supreme being sitting at the top of some metaphysical nine-to-five. Rather, God is pure existence itself. It's something that exists beyond and separate from this physical plane, but also infuses every part of it. Think of God as the unconditional reality behind everything we see and experience, both physically and spiritually. So when you pray, see if you can simply connect to the energy that animates you. Try picturing or feeling the force that enlivens your whole being, your body, your mind, your heart. God resides within you, and it's also present beyond everything imaginable. When you're open to this possibility, it can fill you with a childlike wonder because it's so awe-inspiring. 
the main difference between God as supreme being versus God as beingness itself is that if you believe that God is a person at the top of a hierarchy, then the divine would be responsive to persuasion. However, if you understand that God is beingness itself, then you can see that it isn't just one thing in the universe, it is existence. God causes everything and isn't influenced by anything. The reason that this matters so much when you pray is because you don't want to pray for external outcomes. It's not like you're praying to a genie who grants you wishes. You want to pray for internal changes. If you pray for circumstances to change around you, it will seem to you like your prayers are going unanswered. There's a saying in Carmelite spirituality. It goes like this. God answers all prayers, but sometimes the answer is no. And I think that's really funny, actually. It's so revealing of the common mindset, because it is true that every prayer is answered. But if the answer is no, then this is your sign to ask yourself what your motives really are. Why do you want what you're praying for? What is your motivation? Are you sure you're praying for the right thing? We can all see why a prayer like, let's say, Lord, please give me a Ferrari, why that kind of prayer doesn't align with the mind of God. Because the divine doesn't care about the car you drive, of course. The whole purpose of prayer is to align your will with God's will or the divine mind, if you like that term better. And what matters is that you discover your own deepest desire through prayer. And here's the amazing part of all this. Your deepest desire and God's will are one and the same. This is why when praying for outcomes, it often doesn't work. Because that's not really the purpose of prayer. For example, if you pray for a promotion at work, let's say, and you don't get it, that means that the answer to your prayer is no. So you have to ask yourself about your own motivations. Because when the answer is no, it means that this is an opportunity for you to look at why you value the things that you value. Why do you want that promotion? Is this about how you want other people to think of you? Is this about wanting security? Maybe you have something to prove to yourself? Are you trying to maybe define your identity in some way? Why do you want that promotion or that relationship, that external outcome, whatever it is that you're praying for? Now, there's nothing wrong intrinsically with wanting these things, but just ask yourself, what does this external outcome represent for me? It oftentimes points to a deeper desire, and that's the idea of prayer, having those conversations with yourself to reveal your own unconscious motivations, because that will uncover 
that deeper want that actually points to a more authentic desire that you have for yourself. Let's say that you realize that the real reason you want that promotion is because you want to prove to yourself that you can do it. It's about your personal growth. And let's say that as you reflect on this, you admit to yourself that there's a part of you that actually feels quite insecure, like you're not really enough as you are. So maybe instead of God help me get that promotion, maybe the more authentic prayer in this case is God help me know that I am enough. Help me to calm this anxiety of not being successful enough and help me to feel loved so that when I do go for this promotion, even if I don't get it, that I have the internal strength to deal with that rejection. Help me to develop self-compassion so that I can take care of myself. Now, those are two very different types of prayer. The first is trying to change your circumstances by getting the promotion. And the second is asking for help to change yourself by developing the internal strength to deal with rejection. So in this example, the deepest desire is to feel good enough, to feel loved. When you discover your deepest desire, it's so joyful and empowering that you can feel your soul sizzle. I know that sounds weird, but it's the best way I can describe it. It feels like you're no longer praying to the divine, you're praying in the divine because you've entered into communion with the mind of God. You're stepping into what God wants for you. St. Augustine articulates it in this way. He says, Prayer is the expansion of the heart and soul outward, so as to receive the gift that God wants to give you. Hmm. So, this level of prayer is about purging the ego's desires and discovering your soul's desire. This is the language of this level of prayer. So this type of prayer, this layer, is like a conversation with the universe where you expose your heart to God and together the two of you discover your true nature and then you align with that and all your actions follow on that intention. Prayer is a crucible that strips you of false desires and orients you towards your deepest desire. Theologians actually have a word for this. It's impetration, from the Latin word impetratio. It means that if you come to pray with the right attitude, then invariably you will obtain that which you seek, provided it is for your spiritual advantage. Now, I think we can all agree that our first example, a Ferrari, is not for your spiritual advantage. And we can question whether a promotion at work is for your spiritual advantage. It might be, but it probably isn't the deepest desire underneath that prayer. There's probably something more behind your wishes. 
but the prayer, God, help me feel like I'm enough. Now, that prayer touches the soul, doesn't it? You can feel it. There's a unique energy and vibration around a prayer that touches your soul. So let's get a little more complicated now. What about a prayer like this? God, please help me heal my cancer. Do you think that prayer comes from the deepest desire of the soul? Now, just to be clear, no one is entitled to an opinion about what someone should or shouldn't pray for. Okay, that's between them and God. I'm using an uncomfortable example for the sake of this thought experiment to convey an idea. Now, you might be in a situation like this right now with a diagnosis like this. Only you can discern how to pray about this. It's not for me nor anyone else to say. God deals with each of us differently according to our own spiritual needs. And so your answer to this question will be very personal. I'm sharing this prayer with you in particular because this is really personal for me. Because I actually had to ask myself this very question. My first instinct after receiving a diagnosis was to pray for God to heal me. But thank goodness I paused to reflect on whether this is an appropriate prayer. Because in pausing for a moment and thinking about it, I learned so much about the nature of prayer, about who God is, and about what I'm really here for. Now, obviously, we all want to say, yes, that prayer should be prayed. It's not selfish or coming from the ego. It's about health. It's life. Of course, we should be praying for God to heal an illness. And maybe you're right, but it's tricky because this is a situation where you might be dying or you might be an innocent victim of an outrageously unfair situation that results in suffering. In the context of my life, one of the most helpless sufferings was cancer. For you, it may be a heartbreak or a death of a loved one, a divorce, betrayal, rejection, or loss of some kind. We've all been in situations where we're faced with what feels like insurmountable pain. Have you ever heard the expression, there are no atheists in foxholes? It means that no matter who you are, when people are pushed to the edge of what they can bear, they will get so scared that out comes the most primal of prayers, which is, God help me, get me out of this. And you know what's terrible? When God says no to that kind of prayer. Because what does that say about God that doesn't come to save you in this kind of desperate suffering? Maybe you've been in a situation like this. Maybe you've prayed something like, God, heal my child's brain injury. And it doesn't happen. You might 
question the existence of God, or you might wonder whether the universe is an unloving place. Maybe you felt forgotten, or worst of all, you might have questioned whether you did something to deserve this suffering. If you've ever felt this kind of desolation, I understand, and it's not your fault. There's no correlation between your worth and the shitty things that happen to you. Bad things happen to good people. Whatever it is, you did not deserve this. It just happened, and now we have to deal with it, and that's exactly what we are called to do. The day I was diagnosed with cancer was both the worst day of my life and the best day of my life because I received a clear message that there's no point in praying for a cure. As unfair as suffering is, it doesn't make you a victim. I knew that asking God to make it go away was about my own preference to be healthy, but it had nothing to do with the development of my soul. And I know how brutal that sounds, because obviously the desire to live a long and healthy life is a good, legitimate, and natural one. But the truth is, it's just another luxury. And I'm using this severe example to punctuate the hard truth, which is that not even a prayer for your life is the right prayer if it doesn't orient you towards God. The only prayer that should be prayed is the one that strengthens your soul and benefits your spiritual growth and the well-being of others. Did you hear what I just said? This is probably the most important point. So if you're going to take anything away from this episode, this is it. So if you're multitasking right now, just stop for a second and come back to me and take this in. The only prayer that should be prayed is the one that strengthens your soul and benefits your spiritual growth and the well-being of others. Now, thankfully, I survived cancer, but I didn't know at the time whether that was God's will, so I didn't dare pray for it, because what hurts more than any kind of pain is resisting pain itself. I knew that if I cling to a desire to live, it's going to create such intense suffering because that might not be a realistic hope. It hurts less to surrender to the unknown, even the scariest unknown of all, death. So instead of praying to get better, I asked myself, will being cured of cancer help me grow spiritually? Will being cured of cancer develop my sense of integrity? Will being cured help me become a more compassionate and understanding person? Will surviving cancer cultivate reverence for God or inner fortitude or wisdom? And it was really, really, really hard for me to be honest with myself and listen to the answer because the answer was no. And so I knew that praying for a cure would be going backwards in my prayer life, spiritually speaking. And in fact, 
And I know this sounds insane because it's so opposite from the rules of the world. But actually, having cancer helped me grow spiritually because it put me in a helpless situation that I had no control over. And when it dawned on me just how utterly helpless I was, I was so raw that I just felt free and happy. And I wasn't happy because I was suffering. I'm not masochistic. I was happy because my options were either be brave or die of fear. And so I chose to be brave and face reality and use whatever time I had left to cherish the things that I do have. And so I'm telling you this story in hopes that if you find yourself in a situation of trauma or unbearable suffering, or maybe a much less worse situation, maybe you just have a a challenge at work right now or whatever it is, whatever hardship, my recommendation is to pray for the courage to face reality as it is. Don't resist it. The truth is that you already have whatever it takes to do whatever it is that lays before you. If you can face the situation with an open, humble, and courageous heart, you will attain resilience and strength and wisdom. That's the point. It's inevitable. So instead of praying for any situation, any situation at all, to resolve itself, whatever it may be, you can say, God, be with me. Be with me as I face this hardship. And then you just give yourself over. And know that you have what it takes to do whatever it is. There's a prayer by Ignatius of Loyola. It is the prayer of surrender. It goes like this. Take, O beloved Lord, all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. I surrender all my decisions and my freedom to choose. All that I am and all that I have is only mine because you have given it to me, and now I return everything to you. All that I ask is that you keep giving me your love. Hold on to me so I know that you're there. That is enough for me. I neither need nor want anything else. Amen. For me, the best part was not surviving cancer, although that's awesome, (laughs) but the best part was experiencing the true joy of being liberated from the desire to survive. And instead, just vivaciously enjoying every moment. Every moment is a gift. And when you recognize that, it turns your whole life into a prayer of gratitude. 
Imagine being acutely present to the energy of life as it's giving itself to you. Because if you were present to the full magnitude of the miracle that is your consciousness in this very moment, it would irrevocably change you. When consciousness becomes aware of itself, it's more than mindfulness. Mindfulness is what happens when we meditate. There's a certain experience of being the observer of your own experience. But I'm speaking about something slightly different here. I'm speaking about mystical awareness. This is the entry point into a next level of prayer. This is what happens when mindfulness expands beyond the bounds of individuation, beyond the bounds of your own soul. It is rare that a person is driven to this state of hyper-awareness, normally only under extreme circumstances, such as a near-death experience or giving birth, where your mind is teetering on the edge of life and whatever came before or whatever comes afterwards, it's like this side and the other side, and you're in this in-between zone. We become so aware of life's fragility and its preciousness, it's as if we step outside of time and we start to notice everything for the first time. You can feel the universe smiling in the sound of leaves rustling in the breeze, in the delicate architecture of a flower, in the feeling of the warm sunshine pressing on your skin. I remember stepping outside for the first time after my surgery. I stepped into the gardens of the hospital and the bird song was suddenly the most beautiful sound I ever heard. And I closed my eyes and just listened to the little things. And the way that the clouds were gliding across the sky moved me to tears. And the way that your lungs expand and contract somehow connect you to the way that the whole universe is expanding and contracting. It's a transcendent union with the entire manifest world, a seamless interconnection that accumulates into a singular sensation of overwhelming totality. This is a mystical kind of prayer. I'm so glad that I survived cancer, but the real miracle is that my soul was healed in the process. I would have died happy because I learned what it means to be fully alive while facing death. Don't pray for outcomes. Pray for the maturing of your soul. In the end, this is what matters. My friend, it's such a privilege to spend time with you today. And thank you so much for listening to this very personal story. I hope that you feel inspired to reflect on your own spiritual path 
and the unique way that God is calling you to become an even more beautiful version of yourself. In the next episode, we'll talk more about mystical prayer, this teetering point between the now and the beyond, which is an entirely different prayer than the purgative prayer we've been discussing more in this episode, that difference between praying for outcomes and praying for internal change to face reality. Mystical prayer is what the mystics do. It's like a way of melting into the mystery and resting in that in-between zone, what Christians call God the Father and what Zen Buddhists call Samadhi, this largely thoughtless state in which all is gathered into one. And it's going to be a metaphysical conversation, not a dogmatic one. We'll take a look at what is meant by the Trinity in Christianity and how you can experience the Holy Spirit for yourself. This is what St. Bonaventure calls a raging fire of glowing love. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love that description. It's beyond the reach of any intellectual faculties that we have. It's going to be about listening for the whispered invitation in your heart, which is actually the voice of the divine reaching out for you, from within you, reminding you of what's truly real. I look forward to our conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review on your favorite podcast app and subscribe so that you get notified when the next podcast comes out. Holy Rebels is a brand new podcast, so your reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify help me a lot because they let the apps know that this podcast is worth recommending to other spiritual seekers who want to learn more about prayer and about mysticism. So please, if you were inspired by this episode and you got something out of it, please leave me a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. This is your life. Make it count. I'll see you next time on the Holy Rebels podcast. Mm -hmm.